Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Attention sales leaders, don't let the results fool you. Now, when we're managing and coaching and developing sales teams, we're always held to a standard of, did you hit your quota? There is so much more going on than what people really think. I want to give you a couple thoughts. Let's divide sales achievement into three fundamental categories. Hitting quota, near quota, far away from quota, low, okay? So often when we have somebody hitting quota, they're hitting their numbers, what do we do? We tend to rest easy and say, okay, Bob and Julie are hitting their numbers. I'm not going to focus on them. I'm going to focus on Tom and Susie. They're really struggling. Don't assume that they're hitting their numbers because of just performance. Now, I'm not downplaying hitting your numbers. Yet there are so many things that go into play. Number one, years ago, I'll never forget this, at a recreational boating company, at a sales training event that they wanted me to speak at, the number two guy out of, I think it was 125 people, number two person in the company, could not role play, could not practice. And everybody was stunned because everyone had him on paper. Oh my gosh, this guy's a great salesperson. So I dove in a little deeper and I started to ask him, I said, well, you know, look, you know, this is kind of a weird environment. You know, what, what do you garner your success to? And I'll never forget it. He said, I have the best product on the market. And I thought, well, that's a red flag. And I said, well, what happens when your competitors catch up to your products? He said, what are you talking about? He got angry. And what he was doing was invalidating himself. That wasn't my objective. And I said, well, what happens if someone doesn't buy from you? He said, I go right across the street to their competition and tell them I'm going to be right across the street. His salesmanship was threats. <laughs> On paper, he was deemed a great salesperson. Now, the person who took over his territory, now the gentleman left the company for whatever reason six months later. The person who took over his territory, remember, number two in the company out of 100, 125 people, he quadrupled the territory and the volume of sales. Why? He went in and focused on the customer. He didn't go in with threats. And what was interesting is when you dissect your team, dissect your team into three categories, hitting quota, near quota, far away from quota. Do you know why for each person? So when you sit down with your top performers and say, look, you're hitting your numbers. This is awesome. Walk me through specifically what you do from meeting the customer to engaging, to proposal, to closing, to follow up. What do you do? Find out their best practices. Here's why. When you ask those questions, not only do you learn, but you re-solidify what they need to keep doing. I'll save you the suspense. You have top performing salespeople who don't even know why they're top-performing salespeople. Now, <clears throat> when you go to the middle, go to the people near quota, you might say, look, you know, what are you doing right now to get to this point? What has created your success up to this 90 percentile or whatever the number is? 
And what do you think the gap is? Now, for low-performing sales members, what you have to do them is a perspective or give them a perspective and ask them questions and say, look, you're far away from quota. We both know that. You're at 65%. Let's talk about the 80th percentile. Divide it into quarters because mentally what happens to somebody when they're low in sales and they see that insurmountable number of 100% of goal, you have to do it in bite sizes. You know why? It's self-defeating. Now, one of the healthy things that you can ask is to say, look, you're at 65% or whatever the number is. What do you attribute that to? And be upbeat, be smiling and say, let's let, let's dissect into the, you know, let's dissect this process together. Let's dissect what's going on together. Because you know what? Low-performing salespeople are typically one or two changes away from greatness. Now, remember, even though that story is one story, that gentleman who took over, he was a mechanic. He was a technician that worked in boat engines. And I remember his boss saying to me, well, we kind of took a flyer. I said, he's going to be great. I've watched him practice. He's got something the other guy doesn't have. What's that? He knows how to ask questions and shut up. Few salespeople know how. He has got the fundamentals. So don't assume, if you're doing sales training, don't assume people execute the fundamentals. Every salesperson knows what needs-based selling is. Every salesperson should know open-ended versus closed-ended questions. Then why do they struggle with it? Here's the magic sauce. Practice. Get your people practicing. Here are three strategies. Every month, one to two times a month, have a case study from one of your people. Have them turn in case studies, situations they're dealing with. Have everybody practice it. Dissect the conversation. Don't dissect the people. Do that one to two times a month. Then have rotating practice sessions where people pair up. Give them a different case study. Have a third person there who serves as the role of coach. So you practice in threes. You can do this in person. You can easily do this virtually. And if you do it virtually, have them turn in the recordings. Okay? Now, there are companies out there that will record that. You can use Zoom. There's great companies like Lego. Now, the third one is literally self-coaching. Throw out a very specific, not scenario, but maybe situation. In the moment, a competitor or a a customer says, I'm going to go with a competitor. They're 10% cheaper. If you are in that moment, what would you say? Practice it out loud and turn in your audio recordings. You know what's amazing? Most salespeople will struggle with that. And here's why. They haven't practiced it. This is not rocket science. It's the magic formula. Get people practicing. Stay away from constructive feedback for the first five to 10 sessions. Just get practice to be a part of your sequence. And we call them practice sequences. So when you're in the practice sessions as a coach, ask them. Tom and Susie, you know, you practice together. Susie, what does Tom do really well? Tom, what does Susie do really well? That's it. Look, they know where they're stumbling. Make them feel good about getting better. It is so dumb, these suggestions, because they're so fundamental, yet it's like running the same play over in sports. And people run the same play. Well, geez, why are they running the same play? Because they keep gaining yards. When you practice, you gain yardage. Your competitors are not practicing. Out-practice them. You know, the great Kobe Bryant used to always say, I don't know if I was the most talented, 
But I will tell you, I will be hard-pressed to ever find someone who outworked me. We have to face reality with sales teams. One of the things that we are cultivated to do because of the sheer nature of what we do as salespeople, we shoot from the hip, we think on our feet, we come up with stuff right on the spot. We are gifted at that. We are also filled with ego because there's a lot of rejection. You need ego. I'm not saying ego is bad. So when you have ego, it gets in the way of the learning process because we become complacent. Very few salespeople say, you know what, boss? I can't handle price objections. I need to practice. And by the way, my attitude's going to stink when I lose a deal. They don't say that. You know it's prevalent. And so what we have to do is get people practicing, getting them feeling good about getting better. Most will not practice on their own. Think about Olympians. Olympians still have coaches. Michael Phelps, the most decorated swimmer. I think next now to, next to Katie Ledecky, they talk about practice in their coaches. They don't have any access to the freestyle or the butterfly than their competition. They outwork and outpractice. Most salespeople will fall victim to, I'm so busy. I've got these proposals. I would love to do this. They're terrified. They will never tell you, but you have salespeople who are terrified to practice. So what they do is they practice on your clients, on your prospects. Get people practicing. The secret sauce is there. Just grab it. If you need help, let us know. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn, and more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.